0: Thank you for listening to this podcast one Sportsnet production available on Apple podcasts and podcast one. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. That's what NetSuite by Oracle is set out to solve because most companies don't have a clear picture of their finances and that's why many businesses fail. The question for any business owner out there is, are you confident that you've got the right numbers at your fingertips? Now I've never run a business, but you know, we work on kind of a small business here And we all make sure Dan has all the information he needs. It's huge. Now, serious entrepreneurs and finance teams run on NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite offers a full picture of all your finances all in one place, in real time, right from your phone or your desktop. Schedule your free demo right now and receive the free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, at netsuite.com slash Patrick. Set up your free demo and get your free guide today at netsuite.com slash Patrick. Again, that's NetSuite.com slash Patrick. you got to have all the information right in front of you. Go to NetSuite.com slash Patrick. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life.
1: accuracy, and charisma. Dan Patrick has successfully avoided Chris Mannix. What are your expectations for Golden State this year?
2: Depending on how Klay comes back, could win the conference. Really could. But the Danettes... ...are not so lucky. I
1: don't know if we can get on board with this concert. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be really tough. They're holding down the Mercedes Man Cave while Dan is preparing our Super Bowl shows in Miami. We have tickets. They're free. You go online to daninmia.com. Sitting in for Dan Patrick. This is Chris Mannix on the Dan Patrick Show.
3: Ah, Welcome to the program. Dan Patrick Show. Chris Mannix, Sports Illustrated, SI.com. Sitting in for DP... Dan's off today, getting down to Miami, getting ready for a full week of Super Bowl events down on South Beach. The boys are headed there, what, tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon, getting ready to roll out there. Pritzy, you're very excited, I can tell.
4: I am. Normally I'm very nervous about the, the whole guest list and guests showing up on time and everything, but I'm pumped about it. Miami, South Beach, It's gonna. we've got a nice lineup already. We're going to add a few things as the days uh, progress. should be good. I was gonna say
3: this year, just
2: mailing it in. You just get very excited about. It doesn't it. care at all about the list <laughs> whatsoever.
3: Care. You a big South Beach guy, Fritzy? I can, you know, shirts off, guns out, kind of thing. Back in the day, maybe, but
4: uh, you know, things have kind of fallen apart since my uh, late teens. <laughs> you say when was 20s. back in the day? When, when
3: did that? When did that exist? I had a little, I had a little
4: window about 25, 30 years ago. Now I'm gonna keep the shirt on and probably just stay in the uh, hotel room with my Chinese food. Oh,
3: it was like '84. Fritzy was at his peak back then. Yeah,
5: Paul, you're Mr. Miami. You go down there for the Heat all the time. Your buddy Spolstra. What? What? Any tips? For us down there,
3: ah, uh, not really, Mister Miami. Yeah, you are. No, I'm not a big South Beach guy. Really? You no, know, I, I mean I'm from Boston. I'm more of a, you know, Je- Irish dive bar type of guy. Jeans not a club. and sweatshirts. I mean, give me like jeans and a t-shirt. You know, some kind of like, I don't know, retro t-shirt, Hartford Whalers t-shirt that I can wear around. Like that's pretty much it. Yeah, probably
0: yeah, I'm a little worried about the South Beach scene. I don't fit in either. Like, is there are there dive bars and like normal things down there, or are we gonna have to like kind of club it up?
2: Know, by the airport, maybe you can
3: go hang out. And see if you can, by
5: the train
0: station, I
3: don't
2: know. Perhaps. Uh, see. Speaking of which, if you want to come see the show while we're down there, you go to uh, danandmia.com to get tickets for it. You should come see it. Come check out the live show, dan in Thanks, Chris. That was a tremendous transition there by Stephen O'Connor. See how I just wove that in seamlessly? Wove that in effortlessly. Woven.
3: Wove <laughs> right, a lot to get into today. Uh, glad to be here. Uh, you know, about a week or so, week to go until the Super Bowls. So we'll talk a little bit about that, 49ers. Uh Jimmy Garoppolo well, had some things to say earlier, Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. Uh I do want to talk a lot about NBA today, though. A lot of things to discuss there. The trade deadline is just two weeks away, and I expect that to be busy. Adrian Wojnarowski, the senior NBA insider over at ESPN, he's going to join us in the second hour to talk about some of the potential deals that could be on the table. I think we'll see I think we'll see a flurry of activity. There are probably six teams right now that you can say legitimately have a chance at winning a championship. We'll talk to Woj about that. Zion Williamson made his debut on Wednesday, expected to play again uh, Tonight's pretty pretty impressive debut. I know you guys talked a little bit about it yesterday, but four three pointers for Zion Williamson in the fourth quarter. I think if anything, that's encouraging. What I want to see as much as anything from Zion Williamson is can he keep that up? Are we going to see Zion as a stretch four type of player? Because in today's NBA, you have to be. You can't exist in the league today as a big man without being an effective perimeter shooter, and certainly. It's a plus if are going to be an effective three points here. So we'll talk more about that. Woj was down in New Orleans for that debut on Wednesday night. Yeah, Polly.
5: How does it work with players like Zion or any players in the league? Because I think a lot of people will plan to watch him, especially these first few games. And there's been a lot of talk he won't play back-to-back. So they'll manage minutes. Would we know at, like, mid-afternoon today if Zion Williamson is starting or even active, not a healthy scratch for the Pelicans?
3: You'd have – Indications, I think. I'm not sure if it's tonight or tomorrow morning when official injury reports come out, but you would have some kind of mention about being questionable, probable, that type of stuff comes out the day
5: before. Nuggets, Pelicans, 8 o'clock tonight on national TV. At 7 o'clock, you would know. Yes. Okay, it would be on social media somewhere.
3: It would be on, I think they tweeted out from their media account or something like that the uh, Pel- Nuggets is a good game for Zion. Good test for Zion, an up-and-down team playing like that. I know people are, you know, people were upset on Wednesday that Alvin Gentry pulled Zion out of that game, but come on. The guy's coming off a major knee injury. He, he I mean, the Pelicans, if, if they make the playoffs, great. But this season's all about getting Zion all the way back and getting him completely healthy and being ready to go for next season. I mean, it's already a win to get him out there on the floor. It's not about this year. I know they had playoff aspirations to start the season, but you already have Brandon Ingram playing all-star level basketball. You feel more comfortable now than you did three months ago about the prospect of paying Brandon Ingram big time dollars, maybe max level dollars in this off season. So that's a win. Zion comes back. That's a win. So even if you finish in the lottery once again, You've got the building blocks in place for a run next year. Yeah, Paulie. Any chance
5: unintentionally unplanned, Zion missing the first half of the season gave Brandon Ingram a chance to kind of explode, be the focal point. Lonzo Ball, people not watching every movie makes because Zion's not there. Could it have been a good thing long term for this team?
3: Absolutely. I mean, long term, we'll see. you got to be concerned long term about the health of Zion. We've just never seen a player that plays above the rim like Zion with the type of upper body weight he puts down on it. So when he goes up, it all is eventually going to come crashing down. And I worry, I know a lot of people around the league, I talk to worry about the long-term effects of that. There's only so much you can do. There's only so much padding and so much treatment you can do that changes or alters the fact that you're bringing 250-ish pounds down on that knee. So that's something that bears watching, especially this offseason. If you're Zion Williamson, I think one of the goals this offseason is is to slim down considerably. I saw some social media stuff, but people surprised that he was the weight that he was when he came back. It's not like you can do a lot of cardio when you have a knee problem. So he's limited there. But when you get into the offseason, I would imagine that a priority for the Pelicans is going to be have him slim down a little bit and get down to a more manageable weight so it takes away some of the pressure on that knee. But Zion back in action tonight. And if the ratings on ESPN are any kind of indicator, he is becoming must-see TV Right away, there's a reason ESPN, TNT, all the major outlets were putting him on that, na- or putting the Pelicans on national TV early. He is a one-man ratings machine. Will probably continue to be throughout the rest of this season and probably his career. Uh, NBA All-Star starters were announced last night. Not a lot to quarrel with with the All-Stars. The Western Conference, I was completely fine with how that went. The Eastern Conference, I'm a big Pascal Siakam guy, but because of the number of games he played. I probably would have given the nod to Jimmy Butler. I'm a media voter in all this, and if you're unfamiliar with how NBA starters are chosen, it's divided up. It's 25% of the media vote, 25% of the player vote, and the fan vote accounts for 50% of the voting. So I voted for Jimmy Butler because of all he's done for the Heat this season, played terrific all year long. The biggest problem I have, Trey Young. Trey Young is an all-star starter doesn't make a lot of sense to me. He is a terrific scorer. No question about that. Averaging close to 30 points per game. But he is a minus defender, to say the least. And his team is not good. They have the second worst record in the NBA. They have 11 wins right now. It's not to say Trey Young isn't an all-star, but you have to stack that up against the other potential starters out there. I voted for Kyle Lowry. The argument against Kyle Lowry is only he's only played like 34 games. Injuries derailed him early in the season. But he's averaging like 20 points. He's a bulldog on both ends
5: of the floor. Does that sell? Does that sell in an all-star game? It's the all-star game. And, and Kyle Lowry playing serviceable defense and uh, hitting mid-range jumpers. And he's a very good player, and he gives you a better chance to win. But Trey Young is the guy the kids watch and model.
3: Well, they, they do. But is it a... Celebrity game or a meritocracy? That's the question. Look, if you want to say it's just who the fans want to play, play, great. Go back to the fan vote. Make that 100% of the voting. At that point, Taco Fall might have a chance to get on the team. All 21 minutes of games played uh, he's played this season. But if you're going to say that it should be some form of meritocracy, I don't know how you argue with Kyle Lowry being in that position. I don't know how you argue, Perloff, with Ben Simmons. Being in that position, for me as a voter, I didn't even consider Trey Young for that second guard spot. Kemba Walker was a lock; that was going to happen. He was a mortal lock for that first guard spot.
0: Why? Why do you say that? Because, by the way, I'll tell you as a Sixers fan, like we're thrilled that Kemba Walker's a Celtics star because he can't beat us. Simmons is definitely a better player than him. Like, I mean, oh, as a Sixers, I was like, that's what one. Finally, we have the Celtics number this year because Kemba's no problem. He's just going to shoot outside. I mean, they beat him three times. You know, they're three and zero this year, and the Celtics. Kemba Walker, he's a twenty-two point a game scorer. Come on. Yeah, I know you have the Celtic mindset, but I'm telling you right now, there are a lot of players in the NBA that scare the and Kemba Walker ain't one of them. I'm trying to figure out what this. Is. That's not against the grade. Look at the, the numbers. Ben Simmons is one of the best. When Ben Simmons is on, he's clearly one of the best players in the NBA. It doesn't it doesn't matter if he's an All Star or not. He's he's a real factor here. Well, by definition, an All Star is one of the best players in the NBA. Yeah, like, I'm just yeah. saying. Like, I don't care if Ben Ben Simmons has got to win a title. The All Star game means nothing here. He's like that kind of player. Kemba Walker's been a nice player throughout his career. He's going to be a four seed this year. Go out in the third round of the playoffs. Great, enjoy. He's a he's like a wonderful guy. I always hear that. But it's not like he's like LeBron here. He's like, of course, Kemba Walker's a no-brainer. What, did he score 22 a game? Are you done? (laughs) (laughs) Penn Young scored 30 points a game. Isn't your All Star snub? Is this a bizarro world?
3: Like, you're painting Ben Simmons as this perfect player when there is one glaring spotlight of a flaw in his game. He does not shoot from the outside, and that's a major problem for Philadelphia. Where do they sit in the standings, Perloff, as we speak? Sixth? At the only bad injuries? Joel. He's played 31 games. It's not like he's missed. You know, Kyrie Irving has been injured. Joel Embiid has not been injured. He's been banged up periodically.
0: You wanted, uh, all right, let's have a bet right now who gets farther in the playoffs. The 76ers or the Celtics? This
3: is not the argument. Like I, The Sixers should because of all the money they spent this offseason because they've got two guys that should be considered elite at their respective positions. But if you're trying to make an argument that – Ben Simmons is more deserving than Kemba Walker to be a star on the all-star team. You want to find a single NBA person that agrees with you about that. Maybe not one
0: deserving. Yeah. But NBA guys, all total group think here. you of course you're going to like a Kemba Walker. Like I'm telling you, like a Ben Simmons, Kemba Walker is so popular amongst you and all your NBA writer friends.
3: I'm not even talking about NBA writer friends. We don't have a click. Like I'm, I'm talking about NBA scouts and executives and coaches. Kemba Walker, easy choice right there.
0: You were just talking in the pre-show meeting about how the the Warriors should sell, try and get Ben Simmons. No, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. That's a different topic. Ben Simmons is a fascinating player. He could be great. Ben Simmons is averaging 16 points,
5: 8.5 assists, 8 rebounds, leading the league in steals, and a block a game. So he's doing everything but shooting from the outside. Kemba Walker is averaging 22 points, 5 assists, not really doing anything else, and he shoots about 39% from three-pointer. Yes. He shoots a lot of threes.
3: That's a very good percentage, by the way. But he
5: he doesn't do much else. He's not a high-volume passer in assists. Not 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 a big
3: playmaker, no. He's not a steals guy. Uh, But you're saying, like, the only thing Simmons can't do is shoot. Like, that's like, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, How is the play? Right. (laughs) It's a pretty pretty big issue. I'm I'm generally anti-Simmons. I'm just trying to give some stats. I'm not anti-Simmons at all. In fact, I think Simmons is great. I just, at the start of the season, I assumed he would start taking, like, one three-pointer two three-pointers, he is still the same player when it comes to perimeter shooting. And this isn't me talking, Perloff, about it being a problem. You listen to Elton Brand, who I sat in front of on Christmas Day, and said Ben. he said Ben Simmons needs to shoot. Brett Brown, the coach of the team, has effectively said Ben Simmons needs to shoot. Joel Embiid, the other star on the team, has said passive-aggressively some guys need to be, I'm paraphrasing here, outside their comfort zone, which is code for Ben Simmons needs to shoot. That's a flaw, a major one in his game. And as I'm assessing the all-star roster and who should be a starter at that spot, Kyle Lowry has done a lot more than, not a lot more, done more than Ben Simmons. And I think a lot more, frankly, than Trey Young. Trey Young is a great scorer, but I've watched him defensively. There are times when it seems like he's indifferent out there on the defensive end. And that team, I know they've been banged up by injuries, the suspension of John Collins, but they have 11 wins. So, I also factor in the ability to impact winning, which Trey Young hasn't done for an Atlanta team that overall has underachieved this year.
4: Yeah, but it's, he's so fun to watch. You've got okay. to get Trey Young in That's the All-Star fine. game.
3: Then have him in the skills challenge and the, the <laughs> three-point challenge. Conference. Look, I'm not saying he's not an All-Star. Uh, he is an All-Star. Ben Simmons is an All-Star. You're talking about the top ten players in this league. I don't look at Trey Young as being a top 10 player in this league.
0: Is the entertainment factor part of this, by the way, like Trey, yeah, we all want to see Trey Young on this side of the glass. I don't know how exactly that matters.
3: No, you know what, where it matters and why, what I wonder if it was a factor as people were voting, not necessarily the fan votes because Trey Young is an incredibly entertaining player. He is Steph curry light playing in Atlanta, but narratives matter, right? So one of the narratives you're going to get in an all-star weekend is, oh, look, on one side of the ledger is Luka Doncic. On the other side, It's Trey Young, the two guys that were swapped for each other on draft night, the two guys that are inextricably linked in their careers. You're going to get that. Maybe that narrative impacted some of the media voting. I'd like to think not. And I'll be honest, like, I was so torn between Simmons and uh, Kyle Lowry. I mean, I crowdsourced it. I put it out there to about six or seven NBA types, coaches, scouts, whatever. All but one came back with Kyle Lowry. They all said Lowry. Impact's winning more. Is more it just does more for his team right now, on a better team right now, than Ben Simmons does. Ben Simmons, if you're doing the, which player would I draft or which guy would I take for the next 10 years? Ben Simmons, far and away, great player. But Kyle Lowry, for this half season, which is what it should matter, is is what it is.
0: So, yeah, Perla. One last question. Would you mix up East and West if you could just, like, uh, just do like an all-star team regardless of conference? Because it sounds like the West has better some better. Well players. that's what they do. Like they No what I'm do. saying like in the voting. Like you oh yeah no, no, like, I, I think you, you, you the, need to have a yeah. balance in terms of where the players come from. Okay.
3: But uh I like the fact that you can mix and match Team LeBron, Team Giannis, all that good stuff. All right eight seven seven three D P show is the phone number. Email address DP at danpatrick If you have any problem with Trey Young making the All Star team or any of the players on the NBA All Star team, give us a call eight seven seven three D P show. Uh Twitter account's at DP Show as well. A lot to get to today. I do want to talk about Something Jimmy Garoppolo said recently that resonated with me as a having an NBA kind of comparison. We'll get into that a little bit later on. Uh, Serena Williams bowed out in the Australian Open. And I want to talk about the NCAA's, I guess you want to call it an attempt to uh, talk about leveling the playing field and getting players paid. We'll dive into that as well. 17 minutes past the hour, this is the Dan Patrick Show. Hey, it's Paulie Paps from the Dan Patrick Show. We've got an awesome podcast to
5: tell you about today. It's the big podcast podcast. With Shaq, of course it's big. Tune in every week as Shaq and his crew cover sports, entertainment, and a lot more with Shaq. That's the only way the Diesel does it. The show is full of laughs and amazing stories. Stay tuned to the end of this episode from a great clip from the big podcast with Shaq. Then be sure to subscribe on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, and many other podcast listening
1: apps so you don't miss an episode. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors.
3: Get back to that argument you were having earlier. Continued during the break, by the way, Kyle Lowry versus Ben Simmons. And by the way, just quickly, Perloff, Kyle Lowry's from Philadelphia, so I'm not exactly sure like where your allegiances are pivoting to. I love
0: him as, as a dude, but and he's been great in the last couple of playoffs. But he was famous early in his career for struggling in the playoffs. I thought he was that guy. And you're talking about a playoff, you know, playoff players and clutch players is a big factor of this. Right, we're
3: having an argument about this season, by the way. This season, Kyle Lowry, All Star deserving. We'll get back to that, though, a little bit later.
5: I, I kind of hope you guys get a fist fight. You have to explain to management. What was the uh, the fight over uh, We were Kyle Lowry's skills as a shooter? I mean, Pearl's been
3: after me all morning. I got in. <laughs> and he says, like, you're wearing those sneakers? How are we going to play basketball? How, well, how they are play in you and
0: me team up against Paul and Seton and somehow find a way to lose. And I show, I'm like, we're going to get him this time. And you showed up wearing boat shoes. Like how are we gonna play some hoops here?
3: I can't play against Paul, he's cheap shot. Like, a, he's like <laughs> just he's just too overly physical for pickup games. You're like that guy at the Y That just, I'm not very coordinated, so I like bump into people. Yes, exactly. Intentionally. Uh something that caught my eye yesterday, Mike Florio, pro football talk, uh made some news, at least uh took over social media for a minute, where at least according to the aggregations of Mike Florio, he suggested that the best strategy for the 49ers would be to take a cheap shot at Patrick Mahoney. would knock him out of the game by going low, you know, any possible way of getting him out of there. So it got me thinking, what did Mike Florio actually say uh, during this, uh, that that sparked this whole debate? And uh, here's the clip.
6: I want to be careful here because I'm not suggesting that they try to knock him out of the game. That's not what I'm saying. But at a certain point, you trade the risk of 15 yards. If you can send a message, and football is still a physical, violent game, if you can hit him, even if it's close to the sideline, even if he's maybe started into a slide, when when the championship is riding on it, I think it's a different analysis. And, yeah, we may give up 15 yards or half the distance to the goal line. I mean, that's the thing, Peter. If somebody had blown up Patrick Mahomes inside the five, okay, it goes from the four to the two. Big deal. So, again, I'm not saying – that that should be part of the deliberate effort. But the Super Bowl is riding on it. And if this guy's going to think that he can just run through the defense without any physical consequence, they need it to dispel him of that notion the first time he tries. I mean,
3: he kind of is saying knock him out of the game with that comment. I mean, it's I'm not saying hit him with a cheap shot, but if you have a chance near the sideline to hit him late, you got to go and take it. That sounds, it, it's not chapter and verse, but it sounds pretty clear to me, Paulie.
5: Two days. Can you play the first five seconds of that clip again?
6: I want to be careful here because I'm not suggesting that they try to knock him out of the game. That's but, they, but then saying. he
5: goes on to completely suggest that they try to knock him out of the game when they have the opportunity right. to. So if if you think it, you just like oh the ball, take that one extra step and worry because you're not going to be fined in the game. You're not going to be suspended in the game. It's worth that 15 yarder. So he is suggesting they do a little extra to take him out of the game.
3: Did Mike Florio just put a bounty on Patrick
4: Mahomes? I sure
5: did. I, I, I agree with what Florio is saying, though. If, if The best way to win the Super Bowl is
3: for Patrick Mahomes not to be there. I'm not saying don't tell your defensive players that you'll give them $10,000 for knocking Patrick <laughs> Mahomes out of the game. But... If a check winds up under
4: your door on the Monday morning after the Super Bowl, you know, it can happen there. Yeah, Fritz. But not only was he saying about the sideline, he also said even if he's about to start his slide, he threw that one in too. There's two examples where it would be borderline illegal to put him out. And do you want to win the Super Bowl like that is my other question. If you you put a nice pop on Mahomes, I guess if it's legal, it's a legal hit. But if that happened early in the game and the 49ers end up winning, do you want to have that forever? Yeah, you won, but we'll never know what really would have happened if Mahomes was playing the whole game. So you're basically saying to take the, what was it,
3: uh, Mo, Mo Lewis hit Drew Bledsoe back in the day, to <laughs> yeah. take that kind of hit on Patrick Mahomes if it's there. Legal, I get it, but even quasi-legal, seating, that's, uh, that <laughs> it just sounds like he's saying what he's saying he's not saying.
2: Well, I mean, isn't he even like a lawyer? Yeah. Too? Like by trade, I'm pretty sure he's a lawyer. And he, like any statement like that would be torn to shreds where I'm, yeah, I'm not saying, but I am saying. Well, I think he gave himself some wiggle
3: room by saying, look, I said at the top of this, I'm not saying you go for him and try to knock him out of the game. But if he kind of makes himself available, <laughs> knock him with, out with one toe on the sideline, drill him. <laughs>
5: Knock him out of the game. He debunks his own preface. Like he prefaces his hand. Like, oh, you don't do that. But but
3: you do if you get the chance. I want to be careful here. Uh no. <laughs> no, you're not. Who's like the second Uh-oh. string linebacker you sent out there just to go just lame to Patrick Mullins. <laughs> Patrick Mullins is running back towards the huddle and you come up to him just nail him. Yeah, Perl.
0: I don't acting, by the way, like this is such a controversial statement by Florio. Like a hundred years of the NFL history, for ninety seven years, this was gospel. You take out you kill the expression, you kill the head of the dragon. You kill a team. They've been trying to knock out quarterbacks always. Yeah, but illegally? Oh uh, Yes, 100,000%. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, first of all, the NFL didn't find Jadavion Clowney. They opened the door to this. I mean, that was – I mean, they took – I'm saying as an Eagles fan, but, like, listen, when they didn't flag Jadavion Clowney for knocking out Wentz and they didn't find him, then Florida's absolutely right. Of course you want to take out Mahomes. Yeah, Paulie.
5: And, and I could see what he's saying in the first quarter of a game where – if you get fined for this, the fine doesn't matter. If you get suspended, the suspension doesn't matter because it could be go in the next season. If this is October, you may not take that cheap shot on the quarterback because you're not desperately trying to win an October game. But the first quarter of the Super Bowl, third down, you have a free shot. You may not get too many free shots in Mahomes. You may take an extra step say, if I get the flag, I get the flag. And if I knock him out, it, you, I, you may get catch some heat for knocking him out, but 10 years from now, you may have the ring from it.
3: I don't think Patrick Mahomes is making any appearances on Florida's radio show anytime soon.
5: I don't think it's anti Mahomes. I think it's like uh, a strategy that you never speak about. Well, I mean, I, if they could do this in basketball, they do it. They don't really have. Sure, you can. That. You can do it in basketball. You, but the Chief shots in basketball are so much more overt. There's not that type of collision.
3: Well, but
5: if, 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 let's say you started a seven game playoff in LeBron versus LeBron in his prime, and you could take a shot, and you knew he may not come come back from this. Would I do it? Yeah, you would, because it's a seven game series. He's gone. It's over. I would argue
3: it's even easier, though, to do in basketball. You can take a swing at a guy's head. We saw that happen recently. Like a and elbow. Yeah. Or even though, when uh, I forget who just did it, uh, that got fined for it. But when a guy goes up for a layup, Catavius uh, Caldwell Pope got hit with the Lakers. And you take a swing at the guy's head, pretending to go <laughs> for the ball, like, oh, I'm trying to swipe at the ball, but it makes contact with the head. You can be real physical with guys going to the basket, knock them down hard. I think it's even Easier and borderline, not, not legal, but easier to get away with in the
5: NBA than in football. Yeah, Paul. But the quarterback position is the one guy in the football field who is unprotected often during the game. He's yeah. standing there, and you could trip into him. You could take one extra
3: step, and it, you may avoid the flag. And it's worth the risk. Unprotected, but really protected by the referees too. So you do have to kind of go out there and take a major shot at them running around the sidelines. So oh, all right, that's that's uh, Florio making uh, putting a bounty on. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, that's something worth watching on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, can we briefly just talk about what the NCAA did, uh, th- this Mark Emmerich statement? i, I got to get into this for a second here. Mark Emmerich, the head of the NCAA, uh, came out and is in, in discussing the idea of paying players. He had some extended comments that I swear to God, Paulie, I've read them three times. I still am not exactly sure what he's saying with these comments. Which is his goal, by the way. Uh, yeah, you're just kind of reading it and like, well, I have a headache and I'm just going to move on to something else and – I guess maybe we'll forget about all that. But I guess what he's saying is that they're going to find a way to make it legal for players to cash in on their own likeness. That seems to be the trend that the NCAA is going. Is that, Mike, reading that right? Yeah,
5: Mark Emmert did a State of College Sports address at the NCAA convention on Thursday, and he continued to say that the NCAA is open to players controlling their likenesses and getting paid outside the building for certain things. This goes back to that lawsuit in California that sued – to give players a chance to control their likeness. The thing here that not a lot of people are talking about, Mark Emmert's plan or his acceptance of this plan will ensure that the NSA never has to pay players. Yeah. You know, so let's say Tua uh, Tagovailoa for the uh, for Alabama is on the team. Alabama's not paying him, the NSA not paying him, but if he wants to sign autographs at the local mall for 10 grand a pop, he would be able to do that. What that does is gives the illusion that players are being paid and the NCAA gets to keep all the money. The networks get to keep all the money, and the athletic departments get to keep all the money. So this is Mark Emmert laughing all the way to the bank if this gets pushed through and people avoid actually sharing the pie.
3: I would like to see the NCAA take some of that money and reinvest it into both the programs that are making that money and in some of the players via the, uh, you know, maybe it's meal cards extended, maybe let them travel. Oh, sorry. Sorry about that.
5: You said... Take their profits and reinvest them into players' welfare. I'm sorry about that. Was that, oh, was that <laughs> I hit a rim shot. Did I make a pun? I thought you were making a joke. No,
3: no, not really. I'd li- I'm just saying I'd like to see them do that. But in lieu of that, I have no problem with this idea in general. I know it's it only affects a small amount of players. At the same time, there's only a small amount of players that are driving this type of revenue. The top quarterbacks are driving the revenue. The top wide receivers, maybe the top defensive players on some teams are driving this type of revenue. I think it just gets really complicated when you take that pie, cut out a slice of it for players, and then try to divvy it up amongst the number of players, most of whom do not have an impact on the overall revenue. And I know people hate to hear this, but for a large, a vast majority of players playing college sports, the fact that they get that free education actually counts for something. It's real money. Some, these private schools, and I'll just use Boston College as an example, you're talking about uh, tuition in excess of $50,000 per year. That's not nothing. I'm not saying it should be the end-all, be-all, but if you are a player that has the ability to make money off your likeness, by all means, go out there and do it. But the idea that players should get like a minimum wage or... That there should be money distributed amongst each one equally. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me, Paul. It just, I don't, I don't, that doesn't track with me. I look at it a couple ways because the, the idea of controlling
5: your likeness and getting paid to sign autographs is something they should have the right to do. If you, you have that kind of star power, you should be able to cash in. And there's a process where you fill out paperwork, you pay taxes, and the school knows, and the NSA knows, and you go to the local mall and sign autographs. But let's say you play football at Michigan and you're not the quarterback. You're the uh, starting tight end. And you're not getting paid anything, and no one's offering you anything to sign autographs. I would, if I were that player, I'd rather have minimum wage for my 25 hours a week working for the football team. I worked at the school paper in college, and I w- got minimum wage to practice my craft. And our school paper made money. We were a profitable school paper at Southern Illinois. So I shared in those profits to a point. And you know, they always say players complain, we don't have any money, we don't have the opportunity to work during the season, we can't have side jobs. If you give them all minimum wage, you share the pie, but you, you cap it if you're the NCAA. You cap it if you're the schools. At minimum wage, to say, take it or leave it.
3: Did you pay tuition at Southern Illinois?
5: Yeah, I didn't get a scholarship.
3: Would you have rather had minimum wage or free tuition? Free tuition. Okay. But I know what you're saying. My
5: school, my school paper wasn't making $40 million a year in selling advertisements to pizza places.
3: Neither is the backup offensive lineman not driving that revenue. That's I, but sure. Michigan football is. The backup offensive lineman is driving that type of revenue, or is Jim Harbaugh and the quarterback and the Stars driving that revenue? How many players are on an active or on a college football roster?
5: 90-something? But for, for working for the football team to ask for minimum wage seems at the very least fair. To get you, you do get some money. You cannot complain you don't have money to eat on the weekends or travel home for your family, and you're sharing in the pie. And if the NSA could cap it at minimum wage and sign like a
2: 20-year deal, they never have to pay any more than that, that would be a, a score. Yes, Eden. Plus, I don't think, and, and this isn't to diminish anybody's what they're doing, right? But the, say, the sports beat writer for the Daily Fabarian, you know, his work day doesn't look the same as quite, even as the backup lineman on a team or a practice squad member or something like that. They're, the effort and the what they have to do on a weekly basis is grossly different, where one guy is standing on the sidelines watching and then writing about it, and the other guy's actually doing it and getting the crap beat out of him every day. Give him the... Minimum wage isn't even that much money. Right. It's not even that much money, so give them a little walking around money so that then at least you can say if you're still taking that $100 handshake, now it's on you. Whereas now it's, it's on the system where they don't have enough money to just have, you know, for their effort. I get the scholarship thing. I get a free education. I understand that. But at the end of the day, people still want a little money in their pocket, is and there's the, nothing wrong with giving the minimum wage. Is the backup kicker
3: working as hard as that? College reporter? Uh, Probably. Probably not. Probably Probably not. How? If he's not playing, how is he working harder? I mean, I I agree with you. Like, if you have a starting offensive lineman in the center out there going 100-plus snaps, I get that. The backup kicker who's just kind of hanging out there on the sideline waiting to see if the first-string kicker gets hurt? He's not working
2: as hard. He's potentially putting himself at more risk. But well, I mean I think that we can with a roster that large we can whittle it down to the one guy this that's like where- ha, 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 I Told you now nobody gets anything. We can play that game if you really want to but I bet there's a bunch of people working for the local school paper that don't do that much work that are probably still getting minimum wage. I'm not even sure that does every school paper
3: pay out? Like I don't, I don't know, know if that's know. true. Pauly did but I mean, he was working for a boondoggle out there in Southern Illinois. So oh, Maybe The Daily Egyptian, we were crushing it. We're making money hand over big, fist. Big, big time revenue. Winning awards? That was coming in there. I don't know. I, I, I think that letting players get paid off their own likeness is a step in the right direction at least. So you make that step first, and then it just gets real complicated when you try to figure everything else out. Does minimum wage matter that like what are you paying 40 hours a week? What are we doing for minimum, how many no, hours per week? Is
5: college it. athletes, they're capped at 20 hours of practice and then they have travel and game time. So let's say it was 25 hours a week for a football player at Michigan. Right. And minimum wage, I don't know what it is. Is it? It's the federal minimum wage, 15 $15. Like that, I'm just guessing. But. Okay, that's that's $400 plus a week. In college, I would have known what to do with $400 a week. I agree. As far as eating and drinking and and buying a new pair of shoes or traveling home four hundred bucks a
2: week—that's nuts. That's four hundred beers with no tip. <laughs> Federal minimum wage is seven dollars and twenty-five cents.
3: Okay, so I was way off on that yeah, one. Way off. sounds right. Okay. Way off. Uh, all right. Well, then it's even lower. Oh, but does that make that much of a difference? Then you're talking half that, half of what we just talked about. So two hundred plus dollars. That makes a major difference. That's the, I would say to a
5: college athlete if you 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 couldn't use the complaint. Um, we're not sharing at all in the profits. Now, you're not getting your fair wage of the profits, but you can't say, I can't eat.
3: Well, I mean, that's a different discussion. Yeah. I don't think you should be, I don't think any college athlete should ever be in a position where they can't eat. And that's where that whole meal card stuff comes in. We were talking about this earlier. Shabazz Napier, years ago, was talking uh, briefly about how he had trouble eating, getting enough having enough money on his meal card on campus at UConn. That should never happen to any college athlete from the, starting quarterback on the football team to the fourth-string diver on the diving team. That should not be the case. You should have unlimited food or unlimited meal card to off. Of. I also agree that as part of maybe a, a new arrangement, you have built-in travel for these guys. Whether it's twice a year for holidays, they are given free tickets to fly with for them and somebody else to
2: fly wherever they need to go for the holiday. There are things you can do that don't involve paying players. Yes, Eden. When I was in college, I would go sell my plasma twice a week for like fifty bucks, and I made that last a hell of a long time. So yeah, that money, that minimum wage, absolutely. And I, <laughs> your plasma got refused though. But, if you know what I mean. Well, they they did eventually turn off the, uh, the fountain there. They're like, hey, buddy, you need to chill out. <laughs> I heard the Bo- I heard the boflex once in college.
3: <laughs> you did what? I heard the boflex once in college. That's a big ticket item. It was. I was a little intoxicated at the time, and then I thought it was a good idea to have a workout a piece of workout equipment at my off campus. That's apartment. one of those two AM purchases. Not a good thing. It was C O D too at the time. I, the <laughs> guy showed up at the door. It's like oh
0: how much did you use it? No,
3: I sent it back. I there was it doesn't fit in a college person's apartment. Thanks <laughs> huge.
0: Like what flex.
3: That. Well, that was a big thing back in the day. Everybody wanted a bullflex. All right eight seven seven three DP shows the phone number. Email address DP at dadpatrick.com. If you have any kind of opinion on how to deal with paying college athletes, I'd love to hear. We have a difference of opinion here on set. I think that paying guys for their likeness is enough, especially when you factor in the scholarship for so many of these players. Minimum wage, something Paulie suggested, maybe some other ideas are out there on the table, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address is dp at danpatrick.com. We come back. I do have a little bit of a Jimmy Garoppolo, Golden State Warriors take I want to throw at you guys. Mix and match off something Garoppolo said uh, publicly last week. We'll talk about that coming up next, 42 minutes past the hour.
7: Oh, my God. The
1: play of the day.
7: Left play of the
1: day. Check this out. Curry with eight to shoot. The dodge it. left hash mark against Ariza. Three by Cleaver. Driving on white side. Pump step through. Score it. With a foul and a chance for Three.
3: Mavericks Radio Network on the call. Luca Doncic finished one assist shy of a double double with 27 points, nine assists. The Mavericks win in Portland, 133 to 125. Last night, Luke also became the youngest all star to be voted in as a starter. This is LeBron James back in 2005. Play of the day brought to you by LegalZoom. Make 22 a year. You'll remember for the right reasons and use LegalZoom to help you out. Go to legalzoom.com today. Enter promo code PATRICK in the box at checkout for a special savings. That's LegalZoom.com, promo code PATRICK, LegalZoom, where life meets legal. Took a couple shots of the basketball hoop out there. Already winded a little bit. A (laughs) little, not quite in basketball form. I think I'm a candidate now to play in your uh, league, though, Paulie. The AUAA? Yes. Is that coming back? I've, I've heard good things.
5: Year two. The fans don't want it, but we may bring it back. (laughs)
3: <laughs> you didn't it. ask for it. You didn't want it. But it's back. Back by unpopular demand. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I have to, I'd have to get two people to play, though, right? As teammates? Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you have a couple of ringers? I do. Well, well, I'll use that word. Interesting. I'd like to get Bill Simmons on my team as a potential... Does he have any game? Got a little bit of game, you know? Yeah. And you got to have a Boston connection there. Uh, also, bring a female into the mix, Sarah Kustoff. Yes, Network. Does my okay. podcast a lot. Good All basketball right. player, at DePaul. Very good player, so... You know, she's probably be the best player on the floor for most of these games. So, uh, wow, I'd like to. Uh, that pretty heavy. <laughs> is it? I mean, yeah, pro love.
0: Did you see Kobe's comment that Diana Taurasi could be in the NBA now?
3: Yeah, I don't know what to make of all that. Like, yeah. Diana Taurasi is a great women's player, maybe the greatest women's player of all time, at least in the discussion. But playing in the NBA, like that's just a that, that that's a bridge too far for me to buy into that. I, I it's just a different level of athleticism, a different level. I mean, some of the great men's college basketball players don't pan out in the NBA. Like, think about Jimmer Ferdette. Oh, yeah. How great he was in men's college basketball. Could not make it in the NBA, largely because he couldn't play defense at that level. As excellent as Diana Taurasi is, could she defend any of the top-tier guards in the NBA? It It's not sexist. It's just... Sort of pointing out physical facts. Yes, Eden.
2: And No offense to Jimmer, but I might take Diana Taurasi in that uh, one-on-one game. Really? I mean, Jimmer, Jimmer can, Jimmer's got some games. Yeah, just, she can ball, though. Diana sure. Taurasi can ball. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 100%. But are
3: we forgetting how good Jimmer was at BYU? Like, he was awesome. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> he, turned, he put BYU basketball on the map for a long time because of how he played out there. And he was a lottery pick. So, <laughs> Sacramento Kings, of course, and they have a brutal track record of drafting, but uh, lottery pick nonetheless. Yeah, Paul.
5: But I look at someone like Diana Tarossi and I look at uh, someone like Chris Paul, who probably can't get rim. He's definitely not fast. He, can get rim. Like, he hasn't dunked in uh, a decade okay. to okay. his own admission. I'm just saying, like, he, his game is built off playing against you, working the angles, working the things like that, and which is exactly what a person like Diana Tarossi does. She does not... I think they're similar players in a weird
3: way. I don't think... Uh, uh, Look, I don't believe Diana Taurasi offensively could play at an NBA level. I'm sure, defensively, she could not play at an NBA level. It's, like, that is what knocked Jimmer Fredette out of the league. That's what knocks so many players at that position out of the league. They can't defend at an NBA level. You can't defend, you can't be on the floor. Simple as that. So, I don't know why Kobe said something like that. It's kind of apples and oranges when it comes to uh, playing at this level. Uh, All right, a little bit of college football news. Ed Orgeron, LSU, they've agreed to a six-year contract extension valued at more than $42 million, according to Bruce Feldman, college football reporter. Orgeron is 40-9 and since taking over at LSU and is 11-1 and in his last 12 games against top 10 opponents. When I hear news like that, I just think about what, what was USC thinking letting this guy go? Like, clearly... Look, he's a better fit probably at LSU, like his demeanor, the accent, all those things kind of fit into the Louisiana landscape. But this is a guy that clearly can recruit, that clearly connects with players, that obviously knows how to coach based on what we saw in the national championship game. USC right now is fumbling. They're looking around wondering, you know, how long is Clay Helton going to last next year? They brought him back. The program internally is a mess. And here you have Ed Orgeron, eh, six years, $42 million. Honestly, I'm surprised it's that short. Like these college football contracts, they're almost lifetime deals when you get to the same level that Ed Orgeron is at. He probably has a job at LSU for life based on what he did there. USC just let him walk away because they didn't think he was a USC type of guy. I don't get that, Paulie.
5: It's fascinating, though, what you said earlier. He seems to be LSU football. Like if you were going to make a movie about Louisiana State football, you would create a character who looked and talked and acted like Ed Orgeron. And it it fits perfectly. Central casting. Yeah. He's
3: just kind of a uh, cut out of a, a LSU type coach fixture. So it's uh, good for Ed Orgeron though. I mean, after I mean he was pretty broken up about being let go by LSU. Lands right on his feet at uh, at uh, let go by USC. Lands right on his feet at LSU when winds up getting that six year, forty two million dollar deal. All right, Jimmy Garoppolo. Touch on this real quick. Jimmy Garoppolo, quarterback, San Francisco Forty uh Talking about his motivation and what's getting him to this point, he had us some comments about that recently. Here's what he said
1: We're a really good team, but we're not a great team yet. And we shouldn't be. We're, we're just now being put together in September. And from, we're a really good team.
3: Uh, audio difficulties?
2: He's got a very his voice, deeper voice than I thought he
5: had. He sounds like someone I know. I cannot.
3: Can't place it you know basketball player <laughs> los angeles lakers you see in new york recently did we get that comment live was that did we have a tape recorder there taking his talents to the superman had a yeah. little
4: stuttering problem too there
0: i was right by barclays last night didn't go in though
3: garoppolo said some things we'll get to it in the next hour adrian Wojnarowski, senior NBA insider for espn he'll join the program as well stick around dan patrick show as promised, here's a clip from the big podcast with Shaq. Shaq threw down a one thousand dollar prize for the person who could provide the best Hassan Whiteside diss track. It's unbelievable. It happened at the very, very end of the last week's show. The next one came in
2: uh, from Mo uh, at our team. Hey, I thought <laughs> Mo uh, crushed this one. Okay. So. Ooh.
7: Jack said get them, then I got them Don't do it for the money, but it's about to get ugly You out your league, buddy You lame as Chris Humphrey, throwing rocks at the sun You more like Chris Dudley. Now disrespect is a check, Southern like a nation You hating on the greatest, left the heat, you couldn't take it McCullum can't help him, and Damon can't save him And before you got to Portland, we was already trailblazing Is your Gatorade race Jack to been hell raisin Doc and nurse said your game need resuscitation Swear you make the seven foot look worthless Talking like a joker, you ain't even nervous, now, nah, but you a joke And you be doing nervous, Ain't the one that joke with beats don't make us nervous Hassan White side hops on the white side your barbecue kicking diet coke plus the two sides, day one wet oh dot com Cause you only double back when the job not done Get a room for these guys Ain't no room for these guys at the bottom of the barrel talking about a top five The most dominant, Be honest Who more prominent Kareem will and build oh, yeah. his prime Ain't stopping him. Ooh. If I'm lying, I'm flying, I ain't left the ground like a washed up center going for the rebound. Pat ain't what you round spold, major leave town Now you ain't in no shack, you a damn clown. Look, I can't lie, you got a trash ass game, but I'm not surprised you got ass in your name. <laughs>
1: Oh, Shut it down. Holy Shut it down. Yeah. Shut it down. down. Shut it down. It down. Yeah, man. Man. No more submissions. Damn. Yeah. No more submissions. Yeah.
7: Yeah. Shut it down! Get, get, get this information. I got to send him a chance.
0: Oh, yeah. 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 Stop the fight. Okay. Hulk, Hulk. <laughs>
1: Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life.